Good morning. Welcome to Community FM Radio in Sydney. This is 2SER, and for your enlightenment and enjoyment, here's the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. This is the Sahaja Yoga radio program and we'll be with you over the next hour during which time we'll take you through a simple process by which you can achieve your self-realization as taught by Her Holiness Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi who is the founder of Sahaja Yoga. Oh, oh, oh. 
Since the beginning of time, human beings have been searching for answers. Who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of existence? Many great incarnations and prophets have tried to shed light on the human dilemma and urge us towards spiritual awakening. Like different flowers on one tree of life, they spoke the same truths but were bathed in different fragrances. Buddha saw enlightenment as the answer to our suffering, a thousand petal lotus emanating from the crown of the head. Muhammad also spoke of the Ru, a cool breeze flowing out of the top of the head and the hands. At the time of resurrection, your hands will speak, he explained. And Krishna, in his playful mirth, depicted the need for yoga or union with the divine. He spoke of the collective nature of man and the need for each of us to dissolve into the ocean of bliss. Christ also explained that salvation would come only through second birth. Forgiveness and compassion would clear the path towards this awakening, which would be felt as tongues of cool flames crowning the head in a divine halo. Heralding the new age of enlightenment, he promised us a comforter, the Holy Spirit, an incarnation who would lead us from darkness to the dawning of a new era. The age of the mother has arrived. Out of recognition for her great work, Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi has been hailed around the world as the Great Mother. Since 1970, her mastery over the primordial energy known as Kundalini has drawn seekers to her public programs by the thousands. They come to experience the awakening of this energy, which is felt as a cool breeze emanating from the top of the head. As our spiritual mother, this force brings about a profound state of inner peace as we're spiritually reborn. Through this connection to the divine, we go beyond the mind and into the state of thoughtless awareness, which heals and soothes our inner psyche. Lao Tzu described the Kundalini in a most beautiful way. There is a thing inherent and natural which existed before heaven and earth. Motionless and fathomless, it stands alone and never changes. It pervades everywhere and never becomes exhausted. It may be regarded as the mother of the universe. I do not know its name. If I am forced to give it a name, I call it Tao, and I name it as Supreme. Mataji was born to a Christian family at Chinvara, a town at the very center of India. She arrived at midday on the 21st of March, 1923, on the spring equinox at a time when the planets were aligned in a most extraordinary way. Heralding this auspicious event was her mother's dream to see a tiger. In the jungle, the wild animal appeared before her in all its splendor. She was overcome with joy 
and knew at that moment that there was something very special about her child. Born with the knowledge that she had a divine gift, Sri Mataji felt the need to share her understanding of God with humanity from her very childhood. Her parents knew why she was on the earth, and her father, who was a very learned man, helped her to understand about human beings. As a child, she was called Nimala, which means pure, and she spent a very happy childhood endearing herself to all around her. She befriended all the animals and birds, sometimes even frightening the maids when she brought snakes into the house to caress. At other times she could be found alone in a remote corner of the house, her face beaming with inward joy, lost in meditation. Even at an early age, she was searching for a way to share this joy with those around her. She loved everything that was genuine and natural, walking each day to school in her bare feet in order to feel the earth. Her father laughingly told a new driver, it is easy to recognize my daughter, she is the girl who carries her shoes in her hands. During vacations and holidays, Nimala accompanied her family to Gandhi's ashram. He enjoyed her immensely, affectionately calling her Nepali because of her beautiful features. Shumatiji later explained her relationship with the Mahatma. Now, Gandhiji was very strict. The way he used to make everyone get up at four in the morning, have your bath, come for puja. But his quality was that what he said, he practiced. There was no hypocrisy about it. Also, he used to get into a temper with people who would misbehave, and I used to put some cool water on him. Because I was a little girl, he would really understand it. And he used to say, how is it that you keep so peaceful about such things? And I said, that's the solution. Reaction is not the way you can really work it out. Forgiving itself solves the problem. Seeing the wisdom of this child, Gandhi treated Nirmala with great respect. He recognized her divine nature and sought her advice about spiritual matters. When the fight for India's independence from Britain began, Nirmala and her family were at the heart of the struggle. Renouncing their wealth, her parents, Prasad and Cornelia Rao, who were direct descendants of the royal Shalavahana dynasty, helped organize protests in Nagpur. As a result, they were frequently put in prison from 1928 until freedom was won in 1947. They made it a family rule that no one was to shed tears upon their departure for jail, teaching the children to share in joy and grief alike. After all, their incarceration was a step towards freedom for their mother India, and there was no need to be sad. Growing up in the independence movement, Srimadaji took an active role as a youth leader, spearheading the student struggle in Lahore while attending medical school. To this day, she is an outspoken advocate for political freedom, declaring that people cannot grow spiritually until they are free politically. I had such a good childhood with my parents. They taught us how to be sacrificing. My father was in jail for years. My mother went to jail five times. I'm from 
huge big houses, we were living in huts. But we used to enjoy everything. The feeling that whatever our parents are doing is for our country's freedom was so elevating, so elevating, that we never even thought of little comforts that children ask for. We could sleep anywhere, eat anything, live anywhere, and that has given me the lesson that if you have complete purity about your dedication and purity about what you have to do, you can achieve. And as Gandhiji had said, we have to have first freedom. I saw the Union Jack coming down and I saw the tricolor going up. That was the moment. It's beyond me. Even now I remember those days. Following the success of the freedom movement, her father played a key role in helping to write the new constitution and to set a new government into motion. Now that Mother India was beginning to stand on her own, Srimataji felt free to marry. In 1947, she married Mr. C.P. Srivastava, a prominent member of the Indian Civil Service. They were blessed with two daughters, Kalpana and Sadhana, and success in his political career. He was appointed personal secretary to one of the most famous and beloved prime ministers in Indian history, Lal Bahadur Shastri. Following Shastri's tragic death, Mr. Srivastava began his United Nations career, culminating in 16 years as Secretary General of the United Nations International Maritime Organization and a knighthood by the Queen of England. During this period, Sri Mataji waited patiently for the right time to begin spreading her divine message. After raising her children to adulthood and seeing them happily married, Sri Mataji had fulfilled her responsibilities as a mother and a householder and was prepared to embark upon her true life's work the emancipation of humanity. Having been invited to the ashram of a prominent local guru in 1970, she was shocked to see him looting people in the name of spirituality. Suddenly aware that the seekers everywhere were in danger from this future trend, Sri Mataji searched deep within herself for a solution. She spent the entire night on the seashore contemplating. And in the early hours of the morning, disgust with the falsehood she had witnessed and compassion for her children everywhere forced her to act. She meditated upon the Sahasrara, the energy center on the crown of the head, and prayed that all the seekers of truth would eventually receive their enlightenment and bring about the dawning of collective consciousness in humanity. She describes this historic event. As soon as 
Sahasrara was open, the whole atmosphere was filled with tremendous Chaitanya. And there was tremendous light in the sky. And the whole thing came on this earth as if a torrential rain or a waterfall is such a tremendous force as if I was unaware and got stupefied. The happening was so unexpected and so tremendous that I was stunned and I became completely silent at its grandeur. I saw the primordial Kundalini rising like a big furnace and the furnace was very silent but burning uh, appearance it had as if you heat up some metal and it has many colors in the same way the Kundalini showed up like a huge furnace which is like a tunnel uh, where you see these plants you have for uh, coal burning to create electricity and it stretched like a telescope one after another came out like that and the deities came and sat on their seat on their golden seat and then they lifted the whole of the head like a big dome and opened it and then this torrential rain completely drenched me and I started seeing all that and got lost into the joy. It was like an artist seeing its own creation fulfilled. I felt the joy of great fulfillment. After emerging from this beautiful experience, Srimataji looked around and saw the blindness of human beings, and she became absolutely silent. She desired that everyone should attain their self-realization in order that their eyes could be opened. Her vision for humanity had come into focus and was beginning to unfold. this, Sri Mataji began teaching a small group of seekers how to meditate. She stood behind each individual and raised the Kundalini by placing her hands on the various energy centers along the spine. This was a natural process which awakened their residual power of pure desire. She awakened this power called Kundalini, which lay dormant in the sacrum bone at the base of the spine, coiled in three and a half coils. When awakened, it rose up the spinal cord, connecting and enlightening the energy centers. As it pierced the fontanelle bone area at the top of the head, they were connected with the divine. Although she was working with only a handful of people, she was searching for a universal method which would allow her to give this experience to large groups of people. She soon developed a technique for en masse self-realization. Taking into account all the different combinations and permutations of the human personality, the method was startlingly simple. 
the seeker would express his or her desire by holding the left hand towards Sri Mataji. Verbal affirmations help the mothering energy to rise and the experience could be verified by feeling the Kundalini in the hands and above the head. As more and more people expressed their desire to have this awakening, she began an en masse self-realization movement. Sahaja Yoga was born. This is your own individual mother. She's your own. She has no other child. And she knows everything about her. As you have in the tape, you see, she knows your past, she knows your aspirations, she knows you very well. And she's the one who's going to give your second birth. She's your mother. She loves you. Now there are books saying that if you have the Kundalini, she disturbs you, it's a modern ones. Where they say they burns you. I mean, she's your mother. Have you heard? I mean, maybe these modern times anything is possible. But can a mother burn her own child? She has been waiting for ages to give you this realization. For ages she is within you. And now you don't give her a chance to give you your second birth. How can that be? You will understand that all these great incarnations who came on this earth have helped to build up this. They are all there within you on these centers, which you'll find out. And all these fights going on stupidly in the name of God or anything is nonsense because they are all one. We are only fighting. So all your global problems, all your fighting problems, all your family problems, the word problem disappears. It happens. It must happen because you are specially blessed and you are the Spirit. This collectiveness gives you the feeling of oneness with others. Not out of jealousy, not out of greed, not out of any carnal love or anything, but it is just pure love, pure love, which you have not experienced. All the perversions drop out. But you don't become sort of an abnormal person on the street, you see, walking with your closed eyes, no. You become an enlightened person, absolutely normal. You dress up normally outside, you can live with one life. But then you understand what is your dignity, your decency and everything. It's no show outside of your achievement, but you know within yourself. You also know who is a realized soul. And then you meet, there's such a connection, has been always, but now it becomes obvious, evident, and you can work it out. The most important thing is that your brain opens out like this, like a lotus. It opens out, all the problems of brain drop out. How many diseases there are of brain, I wanted to know, so there's such a big book, I said, my goodness, 
more than the petals we have in the brain. And it can happen to anybody in the modern times. It's very common, it's awaiting at your door, sort of. All these can be solved. Absolutely you can be saved, you can be protected. And every time you will be feeling this, you are protected. There's somebody to protect you, to encourage you, to look after Who is that? That is this Param Chaitanya. That is this, they call it Ruh. They call it the all-pervading power of Divine Love. They also call it the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost. You feel cool breeze on your fingertips. It is all written there in all the books, but symbolically so people don't understand. Once it happens, then you are in the another world. Such miracles, such help and such protection, it's a thing where you feel you can never be drowned in the ocean of this mad world, because now you are in the ocean of joy. You are enjoying. And this is what you have to have. But you must grow, all of you must grow. But there's nothing to complain, actually you should complain against yourself. Either you are lazy, or you are too enthusiastic, or you are infatuated by some sort of a nonsensical guru, or something is there. Just don't try to criticize others, but see for yourself in prospect, why, why, why is it, why can't I do it? All this can work out. I assure you, I assure you very much that you should realize that my coming to England, living here for years together, I didn't come for surgery, I came because my husband got a job here. And then seeing people in England, I thought, they can really achieve a lot. May God bless you. Now it's very simple. If it doesn't shock you, I'll tell you there are two, three conditions. The first one is you have to take out your shoes. Because this Mother Earth helps us a lot, she absorbs all our problems. Now the second condition is, which is also not very absurd, that please don't feel guilty about anything. It's a fashion. I'm very guilty. Why are you guilty? No, I have to confess. I'm very guilty. About what? You know the other day, I was eating the food and I was holding knife on the right hand, finished. These norms are human beings have created. This kind of stupid things for which you should feel guilty and get this center here on the left hand side. So not to feel guilty. What are you guilty about? If you were guilty you would have been in jail, not here. So please first of all forgive yourself completely, you are not guilty, I assure you. It's a new uh, evolution with people's mind that they should feel guilty, finished. If you are guilty, when it happened you should have 
done something about it. Forget it. Why are you carrying, carrying that load on your left shoulder? This is the second one. And the third one is, I think it's also very simple, is to forgive yourself, as I said, and forgive others. Now you say, Mother, we can't, yes, we can't, it's a bit difficult. But try to understand the logic. Whether you forgive or don't forgive, what do you do? Nothing, just the same. But say, if you don't forgive, then what happens? You play into wrong hands, you torture yourself. So just say in your heart, but Mother, I forgive myself fully. I forgive others fully. Whether they are in your mind or not, just say that and your this center will open up in no time. This will all help me a lot. These three things are very important and I know you can get your realization in no time. We'll now go through a short guided meditation. So first off, we have to just sit down comfortably, either on a chair or on the ground. Uh, we remove our shoes so our feet are closer to the earth. This helps to clear the system. And then just place both our hands open on our lap with the palms up. And just sit comfortably and relaxed. And we can close our eyes to help bring our attention inside because this energy, the Kundalini, is within you already. Now bring, 
Now bring your right hand onto your heart and just take a few gentle but deep breaths. And that heartbeat you feel is the physical reflection of the spirits within you. And you can ask the question to the Kundalini inside you. You can ask just quietly, Am I the Spirit? And the Spirit is that unchanging constant within you. your hand on your lap again with the palm up and just bring your attention down your spine to the very base and here is the first chakra and you can ask you can ask the Kundalini please give me that wisdom and that innocence and from this meditation can grow Tension up to the level of the hips, and here is the Kundalini where it resides in the sacrum bone. And here you ask for the spirit, the knowledge of the spirit to manifest within you. They ask, please can I have the pure knowledge of the Spirit? slowly bring your attention up along the spine through the navel to the stomach and here you ask the Kundalini to manifest that satisfaction and the peace of knowing the self within you
And here again you can ask to make, to ask the Kundalini to make you your own master, your own teacher of the spirit. up along the spine to the level of the heart and to help the attention you can again put your right hand on your heart and here again you'll feel the heartbeat which is always there just as the spirit is. So you say, I am the spirit. just taking your attention up, up the spine into the neck, and here you ask the Kundalini to make you part of that wholeness which is the spirit, to make you one with everyone. Tension up into the very center of your head. And if there's any thoughts here disturbing you or any distractions outside, just forgive them. Just say, I forgive. And the thoughts and the distractions will subside. So I forgive.
now bring your attention up to the top of your head and you can place your right hand, the palm of your right hand on the top of your head on the fontanelle bone area and here you have to ask for your self-realization so you ask the Kundalini to give you that state of meditation If you slowly raise your right hand a few inches above your head, you should start to feel a coolness coming out of your head onto your hand. It may be quite close or a little bit higher up. Just slowly move your hand till you can feel it. And then keeping your attention up there, on top of your head, bring your right hand down onto your lap with the palm up. And you should also now feel a coolness in the very center of the palm of your hand. And if there's any thoughts, still again just say I forgive. just check once more, take your right hand above your head, six or seven inches now, and you should feel a coolness there. And you can just swap over, put your right hand down and try with your left hand. Then bring your left hand down onto your lap again. You should be very feeling very peaceful and meditative now.
yoga happened so fast. Sadhya yoga found me at last. A yogi told me all about truth. This is no blind faith, cause there's a proof. Knowing me, Kundalini is raised, and life is sweeter in so many ways. Oh
Sydney, there's a thousand Sahajogis, all from different countries, different backgrounds, practicing Sahajoga. And somehow we all get along, and this is a very amazing thing. So if this can happen to thousands, why can't it happen to millions? That's a good ending for this program. Uh, thanks very much for listening today. Uh, please call us on 9747-4835 and we will be very, very pleased to come and help you wherever, wherever you are, whatever you are doing. Thanks very much and see you next week.